You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Draw all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and my squadron is running a little bit late, so I'm going to make sure that we get this party started. So anyhow, I want to thank everyone who is tuning in right now as we uh, talk about tonight's topics, which is basically going over the Jets-Patriots game one last time. Jets dropping that home opener 25-6, to in which was a disaster game for uh, rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. I actually did a uh, short mission brief segment on Jets World. If you haven't already gotten the opportunity to check it out, please go ahead and do so. Uh, as I had some very strong opinions on that. So again, as I'm waiting for my squadron to appear, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get this party started over here again. Really quick though, what I want to do is, I should have actually mentioned this on, on mission briefs, and I do apologize to everyone for that. We recently had another loss uh, here in the Jets family. A good friend of the show uh, who had chimed in from time to time that he was able to to uh, to watch us, to listen to us, to be able to drop a comment uh, inside the comments when he was actually able to. Mr. G- Mr. Finnegan Summers, otherwise known as the Green Blur. Now, if you've been to the Weapons Hot uh, New York Jets fan broadcast uh, Facebook page recently, I changed the show's logo temporarily to Finn's profile picture that he had uh, as he was lovingly and respectfully known as the Green Blur. So, obviously, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult time as we've lost a, a couple of people coming into this season. We lost Mr. Bruce Reeder. We lost Mr. Artie Webb. Uh, now we've, we've lost Finnegan. It, it's, it's very, very difficult for all of us to be able to kind of wrap our heads around the losses. And it's been extremely, extremely tough, especially coming off of a bad season. You know, so much, so many bad things have happened. Just got a message from uh, one of my co-hosts, Mr. Kevin Jackson. Um, he's currently dealing with a personal emergency, so we are wishing him the best and hoping that everything is okay on his end. Um, uh, again, I'm just waiting for the Reaper to come and join me. Hopefully, you know he'll he'll be by in a little bit. If not, I can take you through, just like I always have, boys and girls. So, nevertheless, uh, what I do want to say is, um, the Weapons Hot family gives their extreme condolences and their prayers to the Summers family during this difficult time. So. I don't know if any of you that are watching the broadcast right now are friends with Finnegan on Facebook. 
But if you are, please reach out to the family um, and, and please give them your condolences. Let, let them know you're thinking of, of them during this extremely difficult time. Uh, it, it, it just sucks. It sucks because we're losing our Jets family a little bit at a time. You know, and this team just really has just struggled and has not really been great. And that just kind of amplifies things because we just become so angry that the, the people that we love and we care about, they're, they're not here to maybe see future successes uh, of the New York Jets, hopefully, if they do actually come to fruition. So I, w- I want to give a shout out to Mr. Guy Fisher in the comments um, as he is, uh, you know, uh, uh, joining us tonight, and of course our resident pain in the neck, Scott Gleesby, uh, who is uh, asking me for a link, which I'm in the process of sending him as well. Uh, shooting out the links right now as we speak, so please, um, if you're already in the chat, or if you're watching, I would appreciate it if you guys would um, share the show, uh, spread the word to to your friends, spread the word to uh, anybody you know who'd be interested in what in uh, joining us and um, you know in- interacting with us tonight. So again, I just want to reiterate as, as I finish this up, I, don't, I, I hate to start the show off on such a somber note, but uh, again, Finnegan was, was very much loved and respected by a lot of people within the New York Jets community, within the New York Jets fan base. He was a tremendous fan. And, you know, again, the, the family's going through a, a tremendous time right now. So, we want to make sure that, you know, we, we, we let them know we're thinking of them and they're not alone on an island. So, shout out to, uh, to the Summers family as we, we definitely are with you during this difficult time. All right. So now, let's talk about some even more depressing news. Not to actually put it that way, but the New York Jets, New England Patriots, MetLife opener, the opener did not go as we all hoped that it would. Very, very frustrating, I know, for everyone out there because it was also frustrating for myself to watch this game uh, after the fact and then watch it again because there were things that I wanted to see that I did not catch the first time. So again, Jets losing 25, uh, 25 to 6 um, in a game in which Zach Wilson tremendously struggled. So it was frustrating. You know, I, I admire the kid for his bravado, but I just feel like that whatever they game planned, they should have continued to lean on the run game, which the run game was actually established in this in in, in this game against the Patriots. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I said this earlier. Again, if you'd like to hear my, my comments on it, please go and check it out. One of the things that I saw from watching this tape was A, the Patriots are beatable. I don't care what anybody says. Okay? B, this team still has a lot of work that they need to do in front of them, including Zach Wilson. So it's his second NFL start. And I know that the fan base is tremendously edgy. They're tremendously triggered. Okay? Because we want to see results and we want the results now. We don't want to wait. We've been waiting all this time. We're sick of waiting. We want it now. And then when we don't get those desired results, well, we take it upon ourselves to go to social media and we make complete 
you know, buffoons of ourselves by putting stuff out there that really just should not be out there. All right. But I understand everybody's angst. I understand everybody's frustration. Uh, I understand a lot of different things which are going on within the fan base right now. And uh, I see that things are just not working the way that they're supposed to. And it, it, it's unfortunate. It, it really is. But again, you're talking about a team relatively young, one of the youngest teams in the NFL, if not the youngest team in the NFL. They're trying to learn their way. You've got an offensive line that did not did not play very much in the preseason or get to work with one another as much as they should have in training camp. Greg Van Rotten, I'm sorry, Connor McGovern, they did not build off the strong seasons that they had last season. Where toward the end, now I'm not saying for the entire season, but toward the end of the season, certain players started hitting their hitting their stride, and they were actually playing up to their potential. But, however, it was a lost season, it was a lost cause, but it was good because there was still some positives in order to build on. So, Scott Kalispi, I see you in the comments. Thank you for commenting. I will get the comments on the air in a moment. Unfortunately, right now, Kevin is currently dealing with a personal emergency. I don't know if you caught that at the beginning of the show. And Jimmy, right now, I've reached out to him. He has not responded to me back. He may have some something going on. I know Harrison is um, in the process of moving from where he's currently residing now to another place. So he's dealing with some issues right now. So you guys are stuck with me. I, I'm sure you're not. Con- <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you guys are not disappointed. So that's okay. This comment I gotta read. Strong season. How high are you right now? Not nearly as high as you think I am, Scott. And I did not mean the season. I meant an individual's play toward the end of the season in which they started to hit their stride. So hopefully that comment will clarify for you. Okay. If not, later on Weapons Hot After Dark, I'll draw out a piece of paper. I'll get a few uh, different colored crayons and I'll draw some dots and connect all the little dots for you if that's what I need, if that's what I need to do. But thank you again for watching. I appreciate you. Anyhow. So, there were some positives within the game that I saw. Now, mind you, I, at first when I watched the condensed version of the game, I was aggravated. I was pissed off just like a lot of you. I also felt disappointed because I was just so angry. Because we had been, we, we had been told that this team w- was, was going to get better. But even though it was a process, we had things that we, w- we wanted to look for. But they went 2-14. and 14. So, there really was no place to go but up. So, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, always knows how to disrupt rookie quarterbacks. Of course, it's to be said. So, naturally, Zach Wilson did not have his best game. Matter of fact, he had his worst game in his entire two-game NFL career so far. Okay? Whoop-dee-doo. But you know what? I'm actually going to say something that's really profound, and I know it's probably going to take a lot of you by surprise. So just bear with me as I'm trying to multitask, play play producer, play sharing, answer comments, and so on. So if I do have some pauses or you see me looking down, it's not that I'm ignoring anybody. So I, I just want to let everybody know that. So please just bear with me, okay? Now, what I want to say is, is that I think that, believe it or not, we can look at this as a good thing 
for the New York Jets. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because Zach Wilson got a taste of what it's like when you have a team around you that does not play up to its potential. That's number one. And number two, things that you were able to get away with in BYU and in the NCAA, you cannot get away with to an extent here in the NFL. Here in the NFL, when you make mistakes, good coaches are going to make you pay for it. Good NFL players are going to make you pay for it. And that's exactly what happened to Zach Wilson and the New York Jets last Sunday. Now, they did not make as many mistakes as you would think that they would have made, although it kind of looked like that everything that they did was a mistake. I think that Zach Wilson definitely had a lot of adrenaline on his side, which caused him to take unnecessary risks with the football. I also feel like, personally, that I wish that we would have actually had that veteran quarterback on the sideline to kind of rein him in because Michael Ford was doing the best that he could to, to rein him in, to kind of settle him down. But you could see that by the, by the third and the fourth interceptions, he was just so frustrated with what was going on around him that he could not react. And he overcorrected, pressed too hard, tried to play hero ball, tried to force the, the ball into places where it didn't need to be. And then another thing too, which kind of, uh, again, was like, eh, eh, what are you doing? Well, here's something else that he did. You didn't go to your checkdowns. You didn't go to your reads. Some of the play calling, you look at Michael Floor, and you know what, he owned up to it. He felt like that he did not call the best, the, the, the best game plan. He thought that certain things would work and they didn't. You know what, this is what a rookie offensive coordinator is going to go through. And again, that makes the loss of Greg Knapp that much more magnetized. And I wish that Matt Cavanaugh would be a little bit more hands-on with Zach Wilson working in coordination with Michael Floor. Now, that being said, I think that Zach can learn from this experience because he got punched in the mouth. You have that taste of blood in your mouth now. All right, Mike Tyson used to say, everybody got a plan until they get hit. Okay? Well, Zach Wilson and the Jets got hit. They, they took one on the chin because they lost the game because of the mistakes that were made by Zach Wilson. Now, credit the defense because the defense did the best that they could to give the offense opportunities to get back into this game. But when you have a quarterback that's struggling and... He's constantly chipping away at that block. Then you either have to do one of two things. You A, have to maybe pull the kid out for a couple of plays. Pop in Mike White for a couple of handoffs or whatever. Talk to the kid, settle him down, then put him back in. Or B, you take the ball out of his hands completely and you just run. Because you were establishing the run against the Patriots. You were moving the ball. They were averaging 5.7 yards per carry. So the run game was working. So to me, you should have ground the crap out of them and worn down the defense and stretched out the clock enough to avoid the costly turnover. I would have liked to see Zach lean a little bit more on the run game this game. But, again, lessons learned. Okay? Both Robert Sala 
and Joe Douglas had said, shout out to Fernando Perez. What's going on, brother? They told the fan base before the season started, this is going to be a process and you're going to see a lot of games in which the team is going to struggle, but you're also going to see that struggle turn to fruition. You're going to see guys start to get it. You're going to guys, you're going to see guys start to start to play much better. And especially in this year, which in my eyes is a development year. If you're going to make those mistakes and you're going to have these bad games, or rather you have these bad games now, where in October and November and in December, this team is moderately improving, where each week we're starting to see this team improve. So right now, the defense is on point. So the gamble with the youngest secondary in the NFL is paying off in Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich's favor because the Jets have the ninth overall defense in the NFL, something that I don't think anybody projected with this defense this early in the season. So that being said, Zach can learn from this. Coach Sala can learn from this. LaFleur can learn from this. Jeff Ulbrich can learn from this. Okay, everyone on that team can learn from this experience because I hope that they have that bad taste in their mouth. And I hope that that bad taste stays there for the entire friggin' season. That every time you take the field against whoever, whether it's the New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, the Atlanta Falcons, the Denver Broncos, the Tennessee Titans, on and on and on, whoever else we're playing this year on the schedule. That you remember that. You remember that game and you keep that at the back of your mind. And that you get so angry that you don't ever, ever want to have a game like that again. And you want to prove to the world that that is not what the New York Jets are about. That should be more than enough bulletin board motivation for you to go into the next team stadium that you have to go to and kick their ass regardless of who they are. Point blank, period. Done. So, anywho, here's what we're going to do. We're now going to start the transition over to the Jets-Denver game. Things that I want to see. I want to see this offense start to play better. I want to see the defense continue to play better. I want to see special teams not leave points on the field. I want to see more and more things happen in a positive light for the New York Jets as opposed to the negative. Reduce the amount of mistakes that you make from week to week, and then eventually you're going to get that W. I've been saying this in the offseason. Beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. This is the way how you change the narrative. Plain and simple. This is the way... How you can change the culture. When you're changing a culture, it's not just a matter of just putting a couple of posters up and a billboard and this is the mindset or whatever. It goes a lot deeper than that. So, and that's fine. That's all good. No problem at all. But as far as where I sit, I want to see Zach Wilson develop. I want to see this offense start to click. And I want to see the defense continue to dominate the way that it's dominating. The things that I don't want to see is I don't want to see the defense on the field for 70 to 75% of the game because then you're not going to get those critical stops in the fourth quarter that you need. I want to see this offense 
start to put points on the board because that's the only way you're going to win games is by outscoring your opponent. That's the object of the game. And number three, I want to see a complete team game in all three phases. Offense, defense, special teams. So far, what the New York Jets have accomplished in the past two games is you have watched the team play hard for 60 full minutes of football. We did not see one player give up on a play. We saw some players get torched. We saw some players miss assignments. We see we saw some players miss tackles, have difficulty bringing guys down. We did see some sloppy tackling from a lot of the backups. But from the from the starters that we're putting out there, fundamentally, they're doing what they need to do. They're making those tack- they're making those tackles. John Franklin Myers playing with his hair on fire. C.J. Mosley, okay, Marcus May, the entire front line. Just completely haven't had it. And look, just one more thing about the Patriots before I b- before I go full bore into the into the Broncos. Patriots don't win that game if we don't turn the ball over. I'm sorry, they don't. And that team is beatable. I don't care that Belichick's on the side of, uh, uh, on the sideline. I don't care that they got Mac Jones and everybody thinks he's the second coming of whatever. I don't care because to me, I felt like that the game plan for Mac Jones, was super simple that they said, this is the box. We want you to stay in the box, and you're not allowed to come out of the box. Plain and simple. So, it is what it is. And with that, the Jets will get another crack up in Foxborough. So you have a chance to even the score when you get up there. But you see all of these mistakes that they're making. You see all of these mistakes that that. They're still trying to understand or still trying to grasp whatever it is LaFleur is trying to do with the offense. Our defense, I don't worry about. I will start worrying about it if we start getting a couple other guys, a couple other guys hurt. But right now our defense, our defense doesn't worry me. And I think something like that, you should be able to hang your hat on a little bit and be able to say, okay, yeah, that's a good thing. We can do this. We can do that. We can scheme this way to confuse this quarterback. Because Teddy Bridgewater's been around the block. And again, I'm going to segue over into Denver. The only thing that I'm going to say is this. You talk about different things in regards to the Denver Broncos. They don't have Jerry Judy. They're going to be without Bradley Chubb. Von Miller is actually starting comeback on in traditional Von Miller fashion. Everyone is looking at the Broncos' defense as, an, as a well-oiled machine that they've only been a quarterback away from being a, a sustainably competitive football team for years now. And they feel that Terry Bridgewater is that guy. And look, I'm sorry to say, I know that a lot of people are really looking at the Broncos to kind of put a hurting on the Jets. But I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that this game is going to be as bad as a lot of people are, are, are already starting to, to look at. And the reason being is because I, I'm not saying that the Jets can win this game. Please do not misunderstand what I'm trying to say. But I am hearing and reading stuff on social media where basically they're talking about Broncos are going to win by 15, Broncos are going to win by 20, this, uh, this is a game that the Broncos can sleepwalk through and they can still win this game. And, and I don't think so. Because I think back to what C.J. Mosley said 
in the preseason where if you sleep on this team, you're gonna get you're you're gonna get your ass kicked. And I think personally, especially the way that the New England Patriot game ended, there is absolutely zero reason for the New York Jets to come in and to lay yet another egg. Because defensively, this team is going to face yet another tough test in the Denver Broncos offense. The offense is no slouch. And our offense, despite its struggles, are going to face a very tough Denver Broncos defense. All right, but they're going to be missing a couple of pieces. So I believe that if you plan right, you can exploit those missing pieces. You can exploit those areas. You can do some damage against this team. You have to believe. Because if you don't believe, if you don't believe that every single person in that locker room, every single coach, every single position coach, every single player, if you do not think that they are looking at this game and still tremendously pissed off about what happened last week, and they're going to look to take it out on the opponent this week, then I don't know what game you're watching. But again, I'm putting my opinion out there. You Feel free to agree. Feel free to disagree. Feel free, feel free to do whatever you want. That's why I'm leaving it open. All right? And the reason why I'm leaving it open is because I want people to tell me what they're feeling. I want people to tell me what's going through their minds when they look at the Jets versus the Broncos other than, oh, we're going to get our asses kicked. Because that's lazy. It is what it is. It's lazy. Because again, as I'm looking at this in a development year, what can we do better in this game that we didn't do last game? What can we do better in this game that we didn't do in the first game of the season? Remember, Carolina didn't run away and hide with the game. The Jets came back in the second quarter and almost came back to win that game. If they would have made a couple of other plays... There's a very good chance the Jets get back into that game. And it's the same th- the same way that I feel like with the Patriots game. Where, yeah, the, score, the final score is not indicative on what transpired during the game. Because when you look at that, you would think that Mac Jones had like, you know, 400 plus yards or 350 plus yards, threw for a couple of touchdowns, they, they rushed for a touchdown or whatever. They capitalized off of mistakes that the Jets made. When you go and you hand points over to the other team via turnover, you shoot yourself in the foot, okay? The Jets can't turn the ball over against the Broncos. The Broncos are a good defense which likes to, which makes other teams turn the ball over. So you have another mountain you have to climb, so to speak, of being able to keep Zach Wilson focused, not crazy in the pocket, and not try to play hero ball. That's what you need to do. So in my opinion, this is again a game in which the Jets can make some noise, make some positive strides forward, and look to see how do we match up versus these other teams. That's what this entire schedule should be about. It should be about how do we match up versus these other teams. And is the gap this wide or is the gap this wide? Are we on the same level? And that's what you need to look at. Right now, the offense is not where they want it to be. 
Okay, that's that's plain and simple. Special teams is clicking. The defense is clicking. Once this offense gets clicking, you're going to start to see this team really improve week to week to week. And that's really what it is. And, and unfortunately, it's all it's all on the shoulders of Zach Wilson. So, I'm going to leave this segment on that. And we're going to go to a short commercial break. So, when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Jets Broncos. I want to touch on the Denzel Mims uh, situation. Plus some other things that I've been kicking around in my head that I'm really curious about your opinions and your thoughts on this. So, keep the comments coming. Keep rolling in. Keep the comments coming. Keep rolling them in. Keep putting your comments in the bar. I will get them on the air. I promise you guys that. And if you have any questions for me, I will get them on the air and I will do my best to answer them the best that I can. So, you are watching Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome back. To Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. I'm normally joined by my squadron, but unfortunately, everyone is uh, currently either dealing with some sort of an emergency or, or something. So I am piloting the ship by myself. I'm trying to get a lot of these uh, comments on the feed as I tried to refresh the feed and half the comments are gone. So I'm going to read the ones that I can see right now. Okay. Uh, shout out to Fer, uh, Fernanda Perez. That's not having trust in our team. Uh, Carl Falk uh, chiming in. Utilize the X receiver play Mims. We're actually going to talk about that in a little bit. Let's hear the chant. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. You bet I definitely have the chant ready to go for you, which we will play later on in the show. I promise you that. Matthias Simon, uh, shout out to you. Thank you again for chiming in. All their concentrations have to be on this game. Bridgewater isn't exactly mobile, so you have to get to him. He will give you a few turnovers. I completely agree with that statement. Then run the ball to short to intermediate passes and take what the defense gives you. That's all you can do. I wish I had an applause soundbite for that because I would totally play that for you, Matthias, because that's exactly the problem why the Jets failed last week against the New England Patriots. It's because... Zach Wilson did not take what the defense gave him. Instead, he was trying to force the ball through tight windows, go for that home run shot in guys that were double covered, triple covered. When you try to force the ball, bad things are going to happen. You should just take what the defense is going to give you. Uh, Carl Falk in the chat. chat. Again, Teddy Two Gloves. Guy Fisher, doing a, doing a good job, CJ. Thank you so much. Rex Ryan is making some bold statements. I could care less about Rex Ryan. He's not my problem. He's not the Jets' problem. He could say a lot of things. He said a lot of stuff when he was up in Buffalo, so I really don't care. Because to me, it doesn't matter unless you play the game on the field. The game is not won in the social media arena. The game is not won in the back pages of the sports pages. The game is not one on pro football focus. Nobody gives a damn what so-and-so's grade was because at the end of the day, if you gave up two sacks, if you gave up three sacks, if you turned the ball over four times, okay, or you were only targeted, you were targeted 10 times, but you only caught the ball twice 
and you only got 58 yards, nobody cares what your PFF grade is. Because all of that put together that I just named does not equate into wins and losses. Plain and simple. You are judged based on your wins and losses. Fair, not fair, nobody cares. Not one person in the NFL gives an absolute damn about the New York Jets right now. You know why? Because they're an own 2 football team. And you are what your record says you are. Bill Parcells said that. And that's a mantra that still rings true throughout this league. And if you are not willing to adjust or make the adjustments that you need to make, then guess what? It's just not going to work out. You're not going to be able to do the things that you want to do. You're not going to be able to, to run the offense the way you need to. If you can't make in-game adjustments, right? If you see that you're trying to run the ball and there's stuff in the run and you're not going to make adjustments to kind of make the defense play honest and take a couple of shots downfield, then you're not going to be able to establish the run game. That's why the battle in the trenches is so tremendously important. And that is something that the New York Jets are going to have to win. You're going to have to win in order for you to have a fighting chance, to have a puncher's chance against the Denver Broncos. And look, I'm going to talk my my fair share of smack. I'll bring it on. And here's what I'm going to say. I don't think Denver's a good team. I think Denver's Fugazi. And I'm going to tell you why. Everybody's breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back because they beat the Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just like a lot of people now are blowing up Sam Darnold's head. Sam Darnold's 3-0. Sam Darnold's 3-0. You played the rebuilding Jets. I don't even know who they played in week two. I really don't even care. And you played a Texans team that basically coughed it up because their head coach was too scared to try a 57-yard field goal and elected to punt. Okay? And then basically, even without Christian McCaffrey and J.C. Horn... And, D, and DJ Moore, who ended up getting hurt. All of those players got hurt last night. And you still couldn't find a way to capitalize on them. I don't care if you're starting a, I don't care if you're starting a rookie running back. Okay? You tailor a game plan to, to exploit what the, what the Panthers do bad. Okay? They didn't do it. And in the fourth quarter, they coughed it up. And I'm sorry. But you know what? That game was close up until the fourth quarter. And then they just gave out. So who cares? The one thing that I want to see is I want to see adjustments being made through the game. And we did see that. We saw that in week one. We saw that again in week two. And I want to see those adjustments made a little bit earlier in week three. I want to see offensive adjustments made too. I want to see a game plan in which you can give Zach Wilson the ability to go out there, gain a little bit of confidence, and... Be able to start getting the ball to your receivers, establish the run game, make sure that those guys can go out there and to do and do what they can do. Give give them the opportunity to be successful. Put yourself in situations where you're going to be successful. If the run game is working, then you run it until they stop it. And when they stop it, you run it again. Because they may not stop it, or they may stop it on one or two plays, but they're not going to be able to stop it every time. And the more that you draw that defense in, the more that you make them grind, the more that you have to you have to get them to play hard in tight spaces, you're going to be able to exploit them. Happens all the time. 
Dick Vermeil said back in the 70s, run sets up the pass, right? I'm sure a ton of other coaches have probably said that too. If the run game is working, you lean on the run game because then you know you're going to keep the defense honest because then you're going to be able to get those 20-yard 20, 20 chunk plays. Like we saw to Braxton Berrios, like we saw to Den- like we saw to Jeff Smith, okay, like we saw to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore had, uh, had some good catches in the in the Patriots game. But there's one person that I want to see on the field, and I don't care what the problem is. It's Denzel Mims, wide receiver. I don't care what his beef is with Robert Sala. I don't care what his problem is with Michael Floor. I don't care what his problem is with 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 Ulbrich with uh, anybody on that team. Joe Douglas, whoever. You find a way to get this kid on the field. I don't care if he plays three, four plays. You put him in. Because you can't teach... You, you can't teach four, uh, a 4-3 four, speed. You can't teach a 6-foot-3 a, a guy who can go up and, and, and win the 50-50 ball matchups. You need a big body. You need a big target. Use Tyler Croft. All right? What, what's Tyler Croft there for? Utilize Tyler Croft. Utilize Ryan Griffin. Spread the ball around. That's what I want to see. But I don't care what the problem is with Denzel Mims. You need to find a way to get him on the field. Point blank, period. I understand that Robert Sala has a particular skill set. And maybe he might not know the scheme. Or maybe he might not be a scheme fit. But you know what? Don't be stupid and leave an explosive weapon that you have sitting on the sidelines... That you know that you could put anywhere on the field and he is instantly going to cause a problem. Because now people are going to look at him and they're going to be like, do I cover him or do I cover him? Or between him, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis, you got three people on that team that can take the top off the defense at any given time. And we all know that Zach Wilson loves Corey Davis. So you know that he's going to get the most attention. What is that going to do? It's going to open up the door for Elijah Moore. It's going to open up the door for Denzel Mims. It's going to open up the door for Braxton Berrios. Exploit the things that you can exploit, no matter how small they are. I don't care if it's this big. You exploit the hell out of that. Because you know what? By exploiting this little thing right there, you exploit that little crack, you could turn that crack into this. And then this. And then before you know it, it's this. And then before you know it, your offense is running up and down the field on a defense that everybody thinks is going to punch you in the face the moment you step out of the tunnel. That's what you need to do. Now, I'm going to give you my three key matchups. One, don't turn the ball over. Yes, Zach Wilson, I'm looking at you. Don't turn the ball over. Plain and simple. If you got to eat the ball, eat the ball. If you see the seas part in front of you and you got green grass and you can run, you run. I would much rather you make a five-yard gain than take a seven-yard loss. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was a big problem with Sam Darnold over the past three years. Holding on to the ball too long. Get rid of that damn ball. Number two, key to victory. Defense got to shut down Teddy Bridgewater and company. Because if you pressure him, just like Matthias Simon said in the comments before, he will cough that ball up. He will turn that ball over. But you've got to force the turnover. You've got to play smart. Play smart. Play clean. Don't get penalized. Forget the taunting rule. Okay? Forget the, 
the, the high-flying celebrations or whatever. Don't do any of that. Guy catches the ball, you stop him where he catches the ball. Period. You can get in the way of that pass, you get in the way of that pass. You can find some sort of way to disrupt that backfield, you do it. Plain and simple. You make Teddy Bridgewater's day a living nightmare. You stuff that run, turn that team one-dimensional, and I guarantee you our secondary will, will be optimistic enough that we can throw us a turnover or two. And the reason why is because I'm not disrespecting the Denver Broncos. Don't get it twisted. I'm not thinking that the Jets are going to go up there and they're going to put 50 on this defense. Don't get it twisted. But what I am saying is, is that we can limit the damage that the Denver Broncos offense can inflict upon us if we play smart and give our offense the opportunity to play to score points. Provided that they can play within the, the, within the sect or, or with, within the game plan that LaFleur is cooking up. Take what the defense gives you. That's number two. Number three, and my final, don't leave points on the floor. Don't leave points on the field. Not the floor. The field. Don't leave them out there. Matt Amendola, I'm looking at you. Don't miss extra points. You get an opportunity, you steal a field goal, you steal a field goal. If you do get a turnover, make that turnover worth something. Make the Denver Broncos, force them into mistakes and make them pay for the mistakes the same way that other teams do to the New York Jets. Don't tell me our defense is not good enough because our defense is good enough because I don't want to hear that. I don't. I don't want to hear our defense is not there. All right? Our defense is ninth overall in the league. We should be able to give this team a fit that if they are going to win this game, it ain't going to be like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's circle that W. Write it in pencil. Okay, we can write it in marker after the game. We can send out the JV team. You know, we'll just put the starters in for the first half, and then we'll just put the bums on the bench in for the second half. Because, you know, this team ain't this team ain't nothing. Nah. Make them go into the locker room at halftime scared. Make Vic Fangio have to, have to now think of what he's going to have to do to stop the Jets' offense. Okay? Make their defensive coordinator now ha- have to make adjustments. Why do we always have to be the one to have to make the adjustments and have to sit there and have to stop the bleeding? Why do we make somebody else bleed for a change? This is an opportunity to do it. Just do it. Play to the best of your ability. All I want to see, I want to see Zach develop. I want to see this team get better. And I want to see this team stop tripping over itself. That's what I want. Plain and simple. All right, so we got a couple of minutes before I go on to the second commercial break. I want to get some of these uh, uh, comments on. Uh, Zach Wilson said in an interview, uh, Carl Falk, shout out to him. There were no check down routes on his INTs, but Sala uh, said Wilson needs to do a better job hitting check downs. Well, if there weren't any check downs or check downs that he could see, guess what, Carl? He should run with the ball. Okay? Fall forward. Get a yard. Get two yards. Okay, just don't take a 10-yard sack. Don't let yourself get blasted. Even if there are no checkdowns, don't just stand there and have to wait for somebody to get open because that pocket's going to collapse around you. So you may as well make something out of nothing. Now, Guy Fisher, I believe we can win this game. We have beaten Denver before with the team healthy. We make adjustments during the games. Completely agree, Guy. You and I were on the same page here. I think 
that the Jets can, in fact, be competitive in this game. I think that potentially they could even win this game. But let me preface that by saying there's a lot of things that have to go right for the New York Jets in order for them to do one or both. Be competitive and possibly win this game. So it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. So this right here, this game, in this very short, this very short moment of the development season, okay, this is your come-to-Jesus moment because you just got punched in the face. So let's see how you respond. Am I right or am I wrong? You guys will let me know in the comments as I continue reading. Scott Kalisby, you sound like a sore loser Jets fan, blaming everyone and how teams haven't beat anyone, but they beat the Jets. No. It's not that, Scott. You're missing the point. I think you're just saying it to get a rise out of me, and you're lucky I can't curse on the show. Yeah, we could have Zach throw more interceptions. Kids got to learn. What are you going to do? You're going to put him in a bubble? You're going to sit him on a bench? Huh? What do you want to do? You want to put Mike White in? Huh? What do you want to do? Kids got to learn. How's he going to learn? The only way he's going to learn is by going out there and, and, and making the mistakes. I didn't hear anybody complain when they threw Sam Donald to the Wolves. And Sam Donald had a worse offensive line than this kid's got. So he's got to figure it out. Plain and simple. We're going to wrap him in bubble wrap? Because the Jets didn't do what they were supposed to do. The smart thing would have been to go sign a veteran quarterback, let the kid sit for four or five games, and figure it out by watching it from the sidelines so he could learn. But we didn't do that. Douglas and Salah decided to do it their own way. So this is what we got to live with. Plain and simple. It is what it is. Stop being a baby. Put your big boy pants on. Go root for your team. And stop being one of, the, one of those people that are going to wham, 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 wham. The Jets could probably win this game by 50 and you'd still find a reason to complain. Take the W and run. Fernando Perez, shout out to you. My thing is the offensive line, CJ, they have to protect Zach and give him some time. Say it, bud. Yeah, it's the truth. But you know what? The offensive line didn't play as bad in the Patriots game as they did in the Panthers game. And even in the Panthers game in the second half, they, w they started to make adjustments and they actually gave this kid time. Zach's got to be quicker with his reads. You either got to be quicker with your reads or you got to get rid of the ball or you got to run. Those are your three options. Yeah, because he was so dangerous last year. Scott Kalisby. Yes, come on. I know, that, uh, I, I know that he is a stud. Put him in. If we have him, use him. That's in regards to Denzel Mims. Absolutely. CJ, uh, uh, shout out to Guy Fisher. CJ, are you going to the Titans game? Unfortunately, no. Scott Kalisby. Give Zach the opportunity to throw another interception. How's the kid going to learn, Scott? How's he going to learn? Let me ask you a question. I'm going to end it with this, and then we're going to go to a commercial break, and then I'm going to come back and finish the comment. So if I haven't gotten your comment on the air yet, I promise I will do it before the end of the show. When you were a kid and you learned how to ride a bike, did your parents put the training wheels on, or did they just send you out there with a two-wheeler? When you first started to ride a bike, and you were trying to get your balance, did you fall? Did you scrape your knee? Did you scrape your elbow? Did you scrape your leg? What'd you do? You got back on the bike, right? You got back on the bike, and you were determined to ride the two-wheeler. Am I right or am I wrong? Okay, this is exactly the same thing. Maybe not in the grand scheme of things, but this is exactly the same thing. The kid's learning how to play the game at the NFL level. He's, he's either going to figure it out or he's not going to figure it out. But you have to give him the opportunity. The kid's only been in there for two games. Two games. If you're ready to give up on this kid already after two games, you're an idiot. Yeah, I said it. You're an idiot. Why? I'll tell you why you're an idiot. The Jets invested a lot of draft capital in this kid. 
The Jets invested a lot so far to build this team because they believe that this kid can do it. Regardless of what your opinion is with Sam Darnold, that's neither here nor there. He ain't here no more. Okay, so the Sam Darnold excuse is gone. This is Zach Wilson's show. And he's got to prove that he can play on this level. And the only way that he's going to be able to prove is by taking the tools that he's being given and use them to the best of his ability to do the best possible job that he can with, the, with, with those tools. That's why when everybody wants to talk about comparing him to this person, comparing him to that person, compare him to Aaron Rodgers, compare him to Tom Brady, compare him to Drew Brees, compare him to Tony Romo, forget about all that. I don't want Zach Wilson to be any one of them. You know what I want Zach Wilson to be? I want him to be the best Zach Wilson that he could be. Point blank, period. And the only way he's going to do that is by going out there and cutting his chops on live, bu- on live bullets. He's not going to learn it holding a clipboard. The only fault that I definitely point my finger at Joe Douglas is, they should have did the same thing with Zach Wilson like the Giants did with Eli Manning. You bring in a vet, you tell the vet, you're playing for this many games, and then after this many games, you're going to sit. And then we're turning the keys over to the kid. Because the kid's seen enough, He's asked enough questions, and he knows he's got the vet behind his shoulders who could who, who can help him if he gets jammed up. That's the smart way to develop a quarterback. We always criticize the Jets, right? Because what's the one thing they haven't been able to do? Develop a quarterback. Since Chad Pennington, since Ken O'Brien, right? Mark Sanchez didn't really get developed. Mark Sanchez came into an AFC championship team when he was drafted. The only thing that he was asked to do was be a game manager and not turn the ball over. Did Mark Sanchez really develop? No, he didn't. Did Geno Smith develop? No, he didn't. Did Sam Darnold develop? No, he didn't. Because of coaching and lack of skill skill position players. We don't have that problem now. We have skill position players that are fully capable of being able to do the damage they need to do. It's up to the coaches and it's up to the players to to make sure that they're on the same page and they do what they're supposed to do. And if not, they go and do it again and do it again and do it again until you get it right. And then when you get it right, you do it another 10 times to make sure it's right. That's what you do. Guy Fisher, AVT has made good improvements. Yes, he has. Scott Kalispia, I know those six missed tackles uh, for, for that touchdown last week look great. They're backups in, Scott. You got backups in playing for guys that are hurt. The backups are backups for a reason. They have to learn on the job. Fernando Perez, every good quarterback has done it. Stop the Jets' offense. Just give them, just give them the ball. Scott, you're an idiot. Come on now. You can do better than that. Matthias Simon, he's right. There weren't any checkdowns. Okay, so if there weren't any checkdowns, you run. You run. You got green grass in front of you? You run. And I don't know if Michael Ford told him he wasn't allowed to run. But if I'm Michael Floor and I'm looking at those plays and I see green grass in front of me and I see that everybody's covered and I got no checkdowns or whatever, I'm running with the ball. Because I damn straight am not going to put my team at a second and 28 for taking an 18-yard sack. Now, no checkdowns on the routes or did Wilson not use the checkdowns? Shout out to Carl Falk. There's a chance for Nick Foles, but I think it's too late for that now. Yeah, Nick, Nick Foles is not, not going anywhere now that... Uh, Justin Fields is, uh, is, is quarterback. Scott, please be take the Broncos, give the points. It's going to be a Merry Christmas. Good for you, Scott. 
I'll be sure to come and see you toward, uh, toward the end of the year so that way you can give me some of your picks. Carl Falk, Spider 2 wide, banana on a bike. Maybe? We're not talking about Derek Carr, though. But good point, though, Carl. Matthias Simon, this is, one of, uh, this is one big learning process. We knew that when we started this. Matthias, again, <laughs> round of applause to you, my friend, because you actually get it. Louis Gans, tell him. Yeah, they've, they've just been told, kid. Uh, Fernando Perez, it, it's a very young team, Scott. We will get there. And Scott Kalisby, wow, Jimmy, you look a lot like CJ. No, I'm sure that if Jimmy were here, he would probably agree with some of the points that I made. But also, I think if Jimmy were here, he probably would disagree with some of the points that I made. I know Scott loves to bust my chops with the whole CJ's drinking the green and white Kool-Aid. CJ's doing this. CJ's doing that all. Put, take the green and white glasses off. Try being a real... Look, I'm being as real as I can right now at this moment in time. Right now, I'm not a very happy man. Because the football team that I love is still a work in progress. They're 0-2. They looked like crap last week. They're facing another tough team this week in which they have to overcome yet another obstacle due to their own making. I understand rookie head coach, rookie offensive coordinator, rookie quarterback. I'm not making excuses for any of them. What I want to see is I want to see improvements. What did you learn from the 25-6 to ass-kicking the week before that you're going to apply in the Denver Broncos game? And can you at least, if you're going to lose, lose respectably? Can you do that? Is that at all possible? That's what I want to see. So far, you've already proven to me that you have 53 guys on this football team that will play whistle to whistle. They'll play through the whistle and beyond the whistle. They'll play 75 minutes if you let them. That's good. That's good. Because it shows me that the effort is there. It shows me that guys are trying. It shows me that guys, are, that guys care. They care about the product they're putting out there. They want, to do, they want to be a successful football team. They want this franchise to win. They want this team to win. So the effort is there. Now the question is, can you put the effort enough and cut down on the mistakes that will allow you to get that victory? That's the $64,000 question, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we're going to find out at 4.05 on Sunday when the Jets face off with the Broncos. Uh, shout out to Fernando Perez. CJ, I would put you in as coach. No, they don't want me as coach. They don't want me as coach. No way. I don't want that responsibility. I'll give a pep talk at halftime. I'll yell, scream, curse, jump up and down or whatever. But I'm sure that Robert Sal is probably doing the same thing. I, I may be not as motivational. Guys might not want to run through a wall for me. But I'm going to tell it like it is. And if you're going to go out there and you're going to play, you better play your ass off. Shout out to Matthias Simon. By the end of this season, we need to see progress, and I think we will. It's not about wins this season. We would all like to win, but it's, co but it's coming. Stay patient. <laughs> There's the hat trick for my boy, Matthias. That's what I want right there. Show, this, show me this team playing better in the month of December than they are right now in September. Show me that when we go up against tough, tougher teams toward the end of the season that this team is completely firing on all cylinders and we're smacking people around. 
And we're putting scares into people because what have I said all offseason, ladies and gentlemen? And I'll continue to say it again for those who maybe didn't hear this offseason. The national media is going to continue to destroy the New York Jets publicly until the New York Jets do something about it. And the one thing that the New York Jets need to do something, the one thing that the New York Jets need to do is to win. Win a game you're not supposed to win. And then after you do that, do it again. And then again. And then again. Until all of a sudden people are turning around going, what happened to the Jets? This definitely isn't the team we saw in September. Man, they're, they're, they're putting up 20, 30 points a game. Zach Wilson looks like an all-pro, blah, blah, blah. This is the game, the Patriots game, that 25-6 to blood-in-the-mouth game. This should be the game that galvanizes this locker room. That now when they go out against Denver, all bets are off. I don't care whether we win, whether we lose, I'm going to hurt you. Plain and simple. And if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm looking at that tape. I'm looking at that tape from the Patriots game every single day. And I'm in the gym. I'm in the video room. I'm talking to my coaches. I'm practicing my footwork. I'm practicing with the, with, with the tackle dummies. I'm working with the receivers after hours. I'm, I'm making sure that I talk to the receivers, the running backs, the tight ends, the, the, the fullbacks. I don't care if I got to talk to the goddamn water boy. If I'm Zach Wilson, the next time that I show my face in public when I step on a football field, I am going to make the other team pay if I'm Zach Wilson. Now the question is, will the kid actually do it? Can you get up off the mat after getting punched in the mouth? Like you just did last Sunday. Yo, Dick Vitale said once, character is tested when you're up against it. And you know what? Two games into the season, the Jets are already up against it. Even in a development year. So now how are you going to respond? But you know what? I'm actually going to point that phrase at you. The person who's watching. Both the diehard, the casual, the negative, the wishy-washy, the waffles, the purples, the other purples out there that Scott Cleesby likes to call them. I'm going to turn my attention toward all of you. Are you ready to give up on this team after two games this season? Because if you are, if you've already said, screw this team or whatever, then don't watch the rest of the year. Because when the team starts coming around and they start winning games then don't be that guy that's going to be like, yeah, I was here all along. I knew it. I knew Zach Wilson was going to be awesome. Yeah. Because then people like me are going to call you out. If you're a fan, you're a fan to good, bad, and the ugly. It's just like a marriage. So either you're in or you're out. So make up your minds, Jet fans. Because if you're in, it's going to be a bumpy time. It's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be one of those times that there are going to be times you're going to want to shave your head. You're going to start mainlining Jack Daniels or whatever your your liquor or drug of choice is on Sundays. But when the good times start coming around, then you're going to feel just a little bit more proud to put your jet swag on. With that, I'm going to end tonight's episode of the Weapons Hot podcast here or Weapons Hot uh, fan broadcast here, should I say. I want to thank everybody who chimed in to the comments. Shout out to Guy Fisher. <laughs> Last they called us a high school football team. 
Matthias Simon again. Right now, the Jets organization has to tune out that noise. Just stay steady. One up another, stack them up. Oh, that's ridiculous, CJ. No giving up on two games into a rebuild. Some people are, Matthias. It's, it's out there, man. Go look at Facebook. Go look at Twitter. Go look at Instagram. You got people out there that are talking all kinds of smack. I hate this team. This team sucks. Fire Joe Douglas. Fire Robert Sala. Fire the flight crew. Yada, yada. It's out there. Go and see it for yourself. It's out there. Fernando Perez in the chat. Yup, now we're losing two games for those fans, and they think we're the same old Jets, but what if we start winning games? Now you're su- uh, uh, Now you are sucking, sucking. The Jets nuts. Sorry again, CJ. I just hate these fake fans. You and me both, bro. See, there ain't no such thing as bandwagon Jet fans here. There are no such thing. If you are a New York Jets fan, you're a Jets fan because... Your dad was a Jets fan. Maybe grandpa was a Jets fan. Maybe you liked this, or maybe you liked a particular player when you were growing up, like I did. I grew up with a, a lot of Giants fans, so I was a Jets fan just to be different. But then, not only was I different with that, I started being attracted to different players that I got to watch play, like Bobby Jackson, like Richard Todd, like Al Toon, like Wesley Walker. Like Ken O'Brien, like Freeman McNeil, Johnny Hector. list goes on and on. 40 plus years later, I'm still here. And I lived through the Coslets, the Waltons, the Coltites, the Groves, the Parcells, the Manginis, the Pete Carrolls. That everybody seems to forget Pete Carroll was the head coach of the New York Jets. He was also their defensive coordinator for a very long time, by the way. And of course, the most recent history. All right. The Rex Ryans, the Todd Bowles. Okay, the Adam Gases, unfortunately. And now here we are with Robert Sala. So there's no such thing as a bandwagon Jets fan because there is no bandwagon to jump on. We are not like the New England Patriots. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I met a lot of people, even down here in Central Florida where I live, who maybe only started rooting for the Patriots like five, six years ago. And... You're talking people my age, and I'm almost, I'm almost 50. So how could you be a fan of the Patriots when I go to ask them? Because w- w- one of the biggest things about Patriots fans, whenever I come across a Patriot fan, I could always tell if they're full of it or they're not. The one question that I always ask them is, okay, let's test your Patriots knowledge. Simple question, not hard. Who's the quarterback before Tom Brady? And you will realize right off the bat that they have absolutely no friggin' clue. That's how I could tell a Fugazi Patriots fan from a real Patriots fan. Because a few people that I'm very good friends with, which are diehard Patriot fans, and they've been Patriot fans from the 80s. So they remember Scott Zolak. They remember Doug Flutie. They remember Drew Bledsoe. They remember Curtis Martin when he was their, their running back. They remember the Ty Laws, Troy Brown. They remember life before Belichick walked in the building, is what I'm trying to say. So when they do it, they're not the braggadocious, we're the Patriots, baby. We're the Patriots. Look at all the rings. Yeah. No, because they remember what it was like to be where the Jets are right now. They remember the struggle. 
they remember the trash that they got. So again, back to my point. There's no such thing as a bandwagon New York Jets fan. You're a fan of this team. You're a fan for life. Plain and simple. If you're not, you never were a fan to begin with. With that, now I'm officially going to end Weapons Hot here. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently in the chat and who is watching me right now for joining, for interacting with me. I appreciate you guys spending time with me on a Friday night. You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partners in crime, which are currently not with me right now, hopefully all of them are okay. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Mr. Harrison Glazer at NY Jets TF Media. You could also follow us on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. They have a Facebook page. Be sure to go and download the app. The app is available on Google Play if you have an Android. Go to the iOS store and search up Worldwide Sports Radio Network and you will be able to download it if you have an iPhone. I do not. I have an Android. So I have the Google Play option. Not only can you consume Weapons Hot, but you could also consume the other cool shows which are on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Weapons Hot also has a Facebook page. Be sure to go over there. Our content is up there. Message us. We'll message you right back. We love going back and forth with fans about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing. If you think we're doing a great job, great. Let us know. If you think we suck and we don't know anything about football, that's fine too. Make sure you let us know. Because the only way that we can get better is if we hear from you guys as to what kind of job that we're doing. And of course, last but certainly not least, Weapon Todd also has a YouTube channel, which is the uncensored, unfiltered version of this show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And as a matter of fact, I will be doing a Weapons Hot After Dark at 9 p.m. sharp on YouTube. If you have not already liked and subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. Because then every time we go live, make sure you hit that little bell. Every time we go live, you'll get an alert. You pop it right on. Boom, you're in the chat. You can interact with us, etc., etc., etc. All right? And we love going back and forth with, with fans about this team. One of the biggest things, and again, I'll, I'll end tonight's show on this. I put my opinion out there based on articles I've read, podcasts I've listened to, things that I've watched, things that I've consumed. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I don't work for CBS. I don't work for NBC. I don't work for ABC. I don't work for Fox Sports. I don't work for FS1. I don't work for ESPN or any other four-letter network or three-letter or two-letter or one-letter network that's out there in regards to sports. I'm a fan, just like all of you that are watching me this evening. I bleed green and white, just like all of you that are watching me this evening. I get down on this team and I blast this team when they do a crappy job, just like you guys do. And I also praise this team and I love this team to death when they do a great job. But no matter what, my love's always unconditional. I love my team when they suck. I love my team when they're great. I want my team to be great for a long time. And that's the problem. We've seen the team be great for a year, two years, and then suck for six. When do we get to be great for six years, maybe take a step back one or two years, and then come right back? Like we've seen teams like the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers do, 
the Kansas City Chiefs now. The Buffalo Bills are doing this right now. The New England Patriots have done it for years. They've owned the AFC East for the past decade, etc., etc. The Miami Dolphins are starting to climb up that ladder as well. Tennessee Titans, the list goes on and on. I want the Jets to be mentioned in that circle with the teams that I just rattled in the AFC East. I want the Jets to be a team that the rest of the NFL fears coming into MetLife Stadium or when we walk into their building. I want MetLife to be a place of fear for the rest of the NFL, especially when you are playing the New York Jets. And the only way that that's going to happen is if this rebuilding process continues to take shape, continues to take form the way it's going, and we continue to get better every single day. And it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen overnight. So buckle up, strap in. It's going to be one hell of a bumpy ride. But I promise you one thing. I hope at the end of all of this, it'll all be worth it for everyone. With that, my name is CJ the Painkiller DeSimone, and I am signing off for this evening. And I want to leave you with the best chant in the National Football League. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Peace, love, go Jets. Hopefully we get a, we get a good showing. I'm not going to say a win. I'm going to say a good showing this upcoming Sunday. And hopefully these New York Jets give us something to be proud of. Wise Guys is coming up next on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.